It's the Locked On Canes podcast where it's all about you. My name is Fred Purdue. I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Cam Underwood. What's going on, Cam? Yo, what's going on? It's a happy Friday afternoon for me, you, and uh, our special guest. So I'll get out of the way and let you introduce him. Definitely. And today, we I think we'll coin this Air Raid Friday. I promised a special <laughs> guest. I'm with it. Yeah. So, you know... We have a special guest, Coach Ron Mackey from Crestwood High School in South Carolina, offensive coordinator as well as uh, QB coach. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, fellas. How are y'all? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty Great, good. Man. Good to have you. Uh, Thanks for having me. We're here to talk a little bit of balls with you today. And uh, for a person, I've been following you for a while. I found you on YouTube. I happen to just be, I'm one of those people that I'm always looking at something to sharpen the skills, always wanting to find new things to talk ball and see what, pick the mind of different coaches. And you kind of came across my YouTube channel. And uh, I've been following ever since, big fan, uh, just kind of breaking everything down. Uh, before we kind of jump into this thing, uh, let us let the fans know where they can find you on social media as well as your YouTube channel. Um, all right. Well, I'm sorry that you were so bored that you had to watch my YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, you can find me on YouTube. Just type in Ron Mackey, and that's spelled M-C-K-I-E. It's uh, spelled McKee, but pronounced Mackey. I, I have no idea why. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Coach Mackey Jr., all one word. And Jr. is uh, J-R. I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter around there. All right, and we can, you can find the show Locked on Canes on Twitter at Locked on Canes, as well as you can find myself at Fred Purdue CFB. That's P-E-R-D-U-E, not the school. Hope you guys still aren't getting confused with that one. And you can go find Cam on Twitter at Underwood Sports. So now that we've gotten all of the formalities out of the Well, world, and just, just one more. Be sure uh-oh, you like and subscribe uh-oh. anywhere you get your podcast. iTunes, Apple Music, Stitcher, Podomatic. Like, subscribe, give us five stars. Back to Fred. All right, so, you know, we Miami has – Coach, Miami has – we have a new offensive coordinator, Rhett Lashley. And this one's a bit of a, a two-headed monster because – for a while, Rhett Lashley was at, for a bit, he was at uh, Auburn where he was running a bit of an inverted veer type of offense where you saw guys like Cam Newton. You also saw guys like where he was, when he was there, Nick Marshall, who wasn't the greatest passer in the world, but he was a dynamic athlete. And he's, yes. had, he's had other stops, but now at SMU with Shane Bouchelle, formerly of Texas, He's running a bit more of the air raid system, and that's why we bring you here because you talk spread and air raid. So I I do I do that is my forte. I I, I love it. I love throwing the ball and everything, and I've enjoyed watching SMU this year. I have too. I had a chance to just kind of sit down and break three of their games down. The TCU game was probably my favorite. Um, you, I mean, there's so many concepts in this thing. I'm going to give you the floor first to kind of help us introduce this offense to Miami Hurricane fans. What should we expect from both sides of things? Because you, we really don't know what to expect. Will you see a mismatch of things where it's the Auburn style meets the SMU style? Will you see a little bit more of the SMU style singularly or the Auburn style? Well, it's uh, I, I really don't know. I don't know how much control he's gonna have. Like, I know at the Auburn rumor was, you know, him and uh, Coach Malzahn kind of butted heads because he wanted to throw a little bit more than Coach Malzahn typically likes to do. He likes to set things up with the run first and then mm-hmm. take his shots here and there. 
where as you can see at SMU, they actually, they had some things. They had four verts, they did the uh, mesh concept, they did some Y corners and things like that. So they kind of spread the ball a little bit more, which goes to Sonny Dykes' you know, air raid roots because he coached, he came up from Mike Leach. So and, if, go ahead. And for, for our fans, we're going to be throwing a ton of, you're going to be t- throwing a ton of terms out there. The air raid system. It's 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 sorry. It started out with Hal Mummy, and he's the godfather of all of this. And yes. I mean, can you give us a little bit of a history lesson there, where so so the fans have an idea of what they're what we're getting? Oh gosh, uh, sure. Um, it's essentially, and this is it's kind of cliche now, but you spread the field and you just give the ball to the playmakers in space and let them do what they do. It's essentially you're trying to throw short so your fast guys can run long. And that's really what it was. It's, it's an equalizer. You're using the whole field. You're kind of making the defense uh, defend both the width and the depth of the field. And a lot of people think that the air raid is you just have to chunk it 80 yards in the air. And that's really not true. Coach Leach has been on record saying you just got to attack sideline to sideline and 35 yards down the field. And that causes a lot of stuff with the defense. They really don't know what to do. Well, I mean, sideline to sideline is 53 and a third yards and then 35 yards depth. So that's a, a, a big, you know, square uh, to deal with. So that makes yes. sense. Um, just for the fans, I like to, you know, bridge that gap a little bit. Uh, a couple of things that Coach said earlier. Uh, four verts uh, is a staple play that Mike Leach runs. Uh, he calls it six, but it's basically four receivers in some kind of alignment running vertically down the field, all running nine routes. Um, there are side adjustments and tags and things in there which Coach can talk to, but uh, if you look that up on smartfootball.com and maybe even on Coach Mackey's YouTube, there's a video about that. The other thing that he threw out there was a mesh uh, concept, and that's where you have dual crossing routes coming across the middle, and that's a man beater. You So, so if you're a Miami Hurricanes fan listening to this, and I hope that there's plenty of you, if you remember that play, that Tutu Atwell scored that long touchdown there. on against Miami. That was mesh, where you had two inside receivers, uh, so not the outside receivers, but the inside, the two receivers, the slots. They ran, you know, three steps or three yards up the field, and then they crossed one in front of the other, and that made the, you know, the confusion there, and that was, that's a man beater. So that was the thing that Coach put up there. So if you think about that play, that was mesh. You can obviously go look that up on Coach Mackey's YouTube or any other place that you get football X's and O's uh, discussed. So uh, those are like two of the things that he mentioned in the previous thing. So that's kind of bridging that gap. So I know that he's throwing a lot of uh, terms at you guys. So I might pop in. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about that. No, 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 no. Please give us all the terminology possible. So speaking of which, you know, you gave us those couple of things. Um, What else did you see? this year from the SMU offense that you liked? I liked how they kind of, okay, so I really, I don't have insider knowledge on how Auburn and up at UConn, they did their installs. I have actually seen uh, 2010's Auburn's playbook and 2013's Auburn playbook. And I've actually seen uh, the playbook from Connecticut, how they put things together. And it was, it was actually like a week and a half, two weeks. But I do know that Coach Dykes, he has the air raid philosophy of installation, which is you break your whole offense down into three days, okay? And then you just you do that every three days, so you're getting a ton of reps. And I liked how they did that with the power-type uh, running scheme, you know, inside you right zone. There? Go ahead. Can I stop you? Uh, so, is he, so you go three days of install for the entire you offense? Go. 
and yes. then you loop it again and again. Yes. So on day four, you're actually doing what you did on day one. On day oh, six, you're actually doing okay. what you're doing on day three. Repetition. So that's the way okay. it is. It's a. It's kind of like the Bruce Lee thing. I don't fear a man who practices 10,000 kicks once. I fear the man that's practiced one kick 10,000 oh, times. Oh, nice. That's kind of the, the idea. One. Okay. Yes. So I like how he incorporated the air raid passing concepts with the run schemes. Inside zone using an H-back to come across and kick out or to fake like he's going to kick out the defensive end and go into the flats, things of that, I, I was intrigued by it. Now, for me, when I see this offense, and I had a chance to kind of look at it from both, from just the quarterback standpoint, because the quarter, we all know quarterback is what makes this thing go. Um, yes. You have to have a guy that – a lot of times when, when you hear air raid, you hear a lot of the option route stuff, and you hear uh, – you know, it's kind of creeping its, – it's been creeping its way into the NFL, but it's always been a thing, at least for my whole lifetime watching college football, it's been around. Um, majorly, it's always been at Texas Tech, Oklahoma, uh, and other places – can you talk to the, uh, the, the to the concept of option routes and how the slot receivers are going to be crucial to a, a team like Miami where the speed is just a completely different beast? Yeah, well, you're giving your players – so it's not like they can just go and do whatever they want, right? You're giving them a, a, a concept like, hey, let's take four verticals, for instance. Hey, you're going to run four – you're going to go straight down the hash. But – if someone is way over top of you and you can't beat them deep, you can sit it down. Or if that guy that's on you, he's playing outside, well, then you're going to run a post. Things of that nature. So you're giving them a little bit of freedom in the context of a scheme or a concept. So if you have a guy kind of like, I, I know everyone goes to this, Texas Tech, Wes Walker, where you can have like a, an option route where he can either break it inside or break it outside depending on where the leverage or the grass is of the defense. That can open up a ton of stuff because it allows you to always have the pin last or the marker. So on an option route, then you're saying that a receiver, you know, in the concept or the scheme of the offense will have maybe a either or option choice for the route, not like the whole tree and they just pick one. Right, right. That, uh, okay, so another example would be Y-Cross. Do you all know Y-Cross? I do. I love Y-Cross. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the, the Y-Cross, what it is, is just the wide receiver is running across the field. That's the simplest way to do it. So when you start out teaching that, you're saying, okay, you're running to the other side of the field, 18 to 22 yards deep. And if no one, you're imagining that you're running at that aiming point, and if no one stops you, you just keep running. But then in that, they go, okay, well, if there is one guy in the middle of the field, a safety, middle of the field is closed, then once you get to about 10 to 15 yards, you break it straight across. Or if you're running your route and all of a sudden you see the inside linebackers are just blitzing, then it turns into a slant. So you have a couple of adjustments based on what the defense is doing. You're just not saying, hey, buddy, do whatever the hell you want and just hopefully the quarterback knows. The quarterback and the receivers and have to almost be connected in a sense where they have to – the reps between certain receivers and quarterbacks have to be almost pinpoint at all times. Uh, you have to have smart guys out there because if you break – the one thing I, – I, and I can kind of – I've seen – the one thing I, I would say even the Ohio State-Clemson game where the receiver broke his route off, 
he probably should have just taken that post route. Would have been middle of the field. Quarterback and receiver have to be on be seeing the same thing. So you would you say the quarterback may sometimes maybe an athlete maybe has some has some receiver running back experience sometimes or do they have to be a pure pocket guy or dual threat guy? Oh no, they they can be anything. Because, I mean, you've had people that have run the air raid just be straight up drop back, kind of like at Washington State. Or you've had people like uh, Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, you know, can be a dual threat Mm -hmm. type of guy. Same thing with uh, earlier in his career, um, RG3. You know, Art Brawls kind of went with, in the beginning, air raid-like structures Mm, before he went to his deep ball stuff, which is unbelievable. Don't get me started on that. But it's, it's... the beautiful thing about it, though, is that three-day install. Because since you're repping it over and over again, you can rep different scenarios. Right. And and then the kids just get it with all the reps. Like one day you can go against too high or the middle field open. The next time you come around, you go when it's middle of the field is closed. Then the next time you come around, you're they're blitzing. So the kids are getting reps. So they know and understand what you as the coach expect from them. Now, as you, the coach you, uh, of, a, of a team that runs this style of offense, uh, we're going to get into the positives and the negatives of this offense uh, on the other side of this break. All right, so, Coach, we have, we're going to put you in a scenario situation. So tell us what would you – how would you say uh, the positives of this offense? What would you say that the, those things are? Uh, if you were to be building this team, building a team around this with this offense in it, uh, one, it's exciting. It's fun as heck. Everybody wants to play in this. The fans love it because you're scoring points and you're going fun. Um, I also equate this offense with like the Warriors. You know, when they had that, the, mm-hmm. they were making that run. They were never out of the game because they were able to shoot three pointers really well. Well, the past is the same thing. You're truly never out of a game if you have a good passing attack so that that you don't feel bad if you get down especially if you bring in tempo because if you bring in tempo and you're throwing and all of that stuff then it may look bad in the beginning but you're extending that game for a quarter another or a quarter and a half two quarters so instead of four quarters it's five or six quarters and you've been practicing like that and you're fine with it your team but the opposing team is not they're not used to that style of play so you catch everybody off guard would you say if you could build a team and you had whatever players you wanted, would you be that up tempo team, knowing that? Oh, oh yes. Knowing that oh, that yes. bre- would it be Oregon type breakneck, uh, getting back to the line of scrimmage, or would it be more of a con- more of a controlled chaos where you're just getting to the line, understanding what you're seeing, and then maybe looking to the sideline and having a play? Are your co- does your quarterback have the autonomy to make call his own plays? What are you doing? Uh, what I love, I love going f- super fast. I do. I, th- I think there is beauty in it. I think that if you go and look at all the best offenses that just exploded, they are actually fast. If you look now, LSU is kind of fast. They catch a lot of people off guard using the same personnel and different formations. 
I think that's what you have here. If you go and look when Auburn was really good, like just, you know, excluding the Cam years because Cam's a freak. Yeah. They couldn't, you know, but every other time after that, when they're going fast, really fast and clicking, it's it's beautiful. Defensive coordinators hate it. I'm going to tell you that right now. They can't stand the tempo, and it's it's that's how I would attack it. That's what we try to do. Now, now go ahead, much, Cam. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Um, I just want to sneak one in here. How <laughs> how much do you think that the run is going to be a part of the foundation of what Miami does with Lashley? Because obviously. You know, I think that we're saying that the pass is going to be the larger foundation, but how integral is also running the ball to the success of an air raid system or this offense for Miami moving forward? Well, I, I think, you know, we're looking at the air raid. It's not like uh, Coach Leach's where he was throwing it. He throws it from 70 to 79% of the time. The run's going to be a big part. Yeah, it is. It is. The run's going to be a big part of it. It's just I don't know whether he's going to be a run first, then pass, kind of like Coach Malzahn and how uh, Coach Morris is, Chad Morris. They're more run to throw. Or if he's going to be like a, a Coach Dykes where he's more throw, and then once the defense is like, oh, crap, we need to get back because they're killing us on the pass, then you sneak in the inside zone or the power or the counter or something like that and break off some big runs. Cam, I think you're in my playbook a little bit. That was literally my next question. Oh, well, I mean, great minds. <laughs> you're a great minds, think alike. Exactly. Of course. Of course. Uh, I can kind of piggyback off of that run, uh, the running, running the ball question. How do you, how does the RPO game, because everyone, that's the new, that's the new thing now is the RPO is. game. How does that get implemented into this offense? Well, I think it's actually easier to do RPOs when the defense is afraid of the pass. Because what defenses are doing now, if they know you're really RPO heavy, is they will spin the cover one or they'll put one high where everyone is covered and it makes the RPOs really difficult. But the moment you start attacking with the pass, the defense will go too high. There's less people in the box, so it's easier to key another guy to run, you know, the the pin and pull and you're keying a linebacker. So if that linebacker goes with the outside zone type flow to the left, then you can pull it and throw a little screen or a hitch or something like that right behind them. That's that's the beautiful thing about RPOs. So you got to have the pass if you want the RPOs to be successful. And I think if he's given the, the opportunity, I you have to imagine that he's going to throw it just a little bit more than he was at UConn or uh, Auburn. I would think so. No. Go ahead, Cam. No, I wanted to piggyback on that. So a thing that uh, the last couple of offensive coordinators at Miami, Mark Richt and um, Danny Enos talked about, is a thing that they did not actually do, and it kind of hurt the RPO system, is that they never let the quarterbacks run. And Danny Enos said that he called it, but that's verifiably false. I think he called three quarterback runs this entire season, and you could see how you know the opposing defenses are just crashing to the give because there's no threat of QB run. How much of that would you like to see or would be uh, advantageous to implement with this offense? Because, yeah, if you're running some RPOs, you have to have some QB run. How much of that do you think would be helpful maybe for Miami? Oh, I I know that if you can have a QB that's a dual threat that makes defensive coordinators go, oh, crap, we have to take account of him, that's huge. Mm -hmm. So if you let your guys run just a little bit, and if he does have some stuff, you know, like Cam did, Cam Newton, I'm saying Cam like we're best buds. 
Cam Newton did in 2010 or Nick Marshall in 2013 when uh, he was the OC there. You know, they ran a lot with their quarterbacks. They ran inside zone. They did some really cool things. I think if you do that, that's great. Now, on the flip side, if you if a pocket pra- uh, passer wins out, you can still run the RPO game because now the defense is worried more about the pass. So it's kind of like the flip. So they'll drop back in the pass if you're, if you're hitting them on the pass a lot, which will open up the run. So it's just how do they do it? Which way are they going to go is, is my thought. I hear you. I'm a little skeptical of that only because we saw that this past year when Jaron Williams was surgical on the RPO slants, you know, trying to manipulate the, uh, the linebackers and things with the fakes. And early in the year when Miami could run, it worked. But then after that, opposing defenses literally just put a defender in the path of the receiver running a slant, and that pretty much shut down the entirety of the offense. So, I mean, we'll see, but that's a, that's a great answer, and I hope that you know, we see whoever the quarterback is maybe move a little bit more than we've seen in the past. Now, as far as this offense is, this I always I think this offense is more plus 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 more and and there really aren't that many negatives. But coach, what are the negatives that can happen for this offense, and how can a team just go south quickly with it? I don't think there is no no stop. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so to use the basketball analogy again, all right. Sometimes you can't the ball just won't go in. So you can kind of look at it like that. Let's say that you're you're passing and just your hand, your your guys get the the dropsies. They can't make those plays. Well, if they know that you're not on with the pass, then they can load up the box. And like we were talking about, if you don't use the quarterback in the run game, then you can kind of get uh, a little handcuff because now the defense is like, okay, they're not going to pass the ball because they're not doing it that well. They know that the quarterback's not a threat in the run, so we're just going to pin our ears back and we're going to come at you. Yeah, I've been in one of those situations, Coach, that that you're speaking about right now, and it's never a good one because now your quarterback gets gun shy, and your yeah. offensive linemen are just kind of not. They're they're definitely not wanting to uh, get into their pass sets like that, and the running backs aren't wanting to block. Receivers aren't wanting to catch anything, especially if guys are getting hit over over the middle. They get alligator arms. Talk about yeah, yeah. the uh, also how running that breakneck uh, tempo that you have could also take you out of a game because of possibly incompletions, your defense just getting tired and having to come in and just getting scored on a lot. What can that, how can that affect you in that, in this offense? The tempo, it, it can be a thing. Now I'm gonna get on my soapbox just a little bit. Okay. Please, please forgive me, but on, go ahead. I, it, I don't like that thing where it tires out the defense because let's think about it. There's sometimes where offenses go on long drives, right? They and they're tired. They score. They get on the sideline. They just want a break, and then all of a sudden the defense makes a spectacular play. They create a fumble. They get an interception or something like that. Offensive coordinators don't look to the defensive guys, but like, hey, could you slow them up a little bit? My guys are tired. You know, we we offensive guys are like, oh crap, we got the ball again. What kind of special play can I go? Let's go score again and things like that. I. Sometimes I think defensive coordinators have that victim mentality, and it just drives me nuts. And I, I think that if you live in the world of tempo, you're just going to sometimes it's not going to work. Just like there's sometimes where you have a ball controlled offense, y'all know it, and it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So it and it seems like tempo is always the cop out, and not just oh, we just got our butts whipped 
that team's better than us and all that kind of things. So I'm going to put my soapbox off to the side now, and I'm sorry. Speaking of the air raid, and I know this is before we kind of get you out of here. I know that, that I, I actually, I coach, I love it. I love it because, you know, I hate when defensive players and defensive coaches, I'm an offensive guy, so I, I'm along with you. I hate when defensive coaches cry about, oh, you know, uh, the tempo's killing us. No, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Um, yeah. I don't want to hear it. So uh, our job is to score points. Your job is to stop exactly. somebody. So, um, but for as far as this offense, and we can kind of, as this thing kind of went a little haywire in another state and for another team, uh, Mike Leach, I mean, he's now at Mississippi State. We've kind of talked about off air how he's now bringing a different style. He's bringing his style of the air raid to another school. Will you see that becoming a thing across the country? Because it's be- the teams are running spread already, but now yeah. they're seeing how the RPO game is being in- – implemented in you're seeing how Lincoln Riley's doing it at Oklahoma I mean you've seen how Mike Gundy does it at Oklahoma State I mean it, this thing I think it's, what it's, really it's going happened it, it is and I, I want to say I want to give LSU credit because they brought somebody in coach O brought somebody in they opened it up and now everyone's like oh crap if you go up tempo and you have a uh, an attacking passing game, a good passing game. And if you break down LSU, they're really not that complicated or complex in their passing structures. And if you pair that with athletes, oh, it, it, the sky's the limit. So that's why you see, I especially, I'm excited now, it seems like the SEC West is turning into what the old Pac-12 used to be. And it's just, they're going, everybody's going straight into offense. And I cannot wait. I can't either, and that's uh, as far as Miami is concerned. Knowing and Cam, you can attest to this as well. You know how many athletes Miami has. You can, I mean, whether it's D. Wiggins, Mark Pope. Uh, unfortunately, we don't get Jeff Thomas back. That's a speed demon that would have been great to have. Uh, but there are other players, and then add in a great tight end like Brevin Jordan. We have a thing here: mm-hmm. the best tight end in America. Cam, you know, <laughs> yeah. So you know, it, it's when you have that many athletes. Quarterbacks don't have to really. It's all. I don't want to call him a game manager, but you just have to manage the game, drive the fast Ferrari, and just don't crash. You it. just got to be a point guard, man. Just give it to the playmakers. What did I say last week? What did I say, Fred? <laughs> that very Fred. I you told did. you, you I, Coach. You I said did. the exact same thing. I said I want my quarterback to be like a point guard, which is what I played That's in it. basketball growing up. I want to get my people in position to get buckets. Just give them the ball, like yo. I mean, we and we talked about this off air, Fred and I, for a long time the other day. But like, guys like a DeAnthony Thomas in the you know whatever they did at Oregon in their version of the spread and things like that. He wasn't necessarily a technician, but you got him no. in space one on one, and you couldn't run with that guy. No, no, you just want to. It's essentially you want to drop dimes to your guys and let them do what they do. Bang, and especially with what you're saying of you don't even need to drop dimes 60 yards down the field. You can throw a short nope. pass and let the guy, fast guy, run long. Hey, that makes it even better. We saw Tutu Atwell yeah. do it again with Louisville against us, and Ooh. I mean that was just a simple mesh route. I mean, I That's mean, it. and he got upfield. He and he's a small, fast guy. I mean, he's maybe maybe 160 pounds soaking wet, 105.9, and I mean he's just quick as a hiccup. So, I mean it. This offense is going to be really fun, Coach, and I, it was great definitely having you on. Before we get you out of here, Coach, again, let the fans know where they can find your work and, and those videos because, Coach, I mean, I'm telling you, you're, you're, you're one of the good ones. Stop it. You're making me blush. 
Um, you can go to YouTube, uh, Ron Mackey Football. It's uh, and Mackey is spelled M-C-K-I-E. You can follow me on Twitter, Coach Mackey Jr., and that junior is J-R. Or you can just go to my website, uh, ronmackeyfootball.com. Coach, it was great having you on. We'll definitely have to have you back on to kind of look at this offense, or we might just have you on to talk a little ball. I mean, I always get – I, I told you I get up for this kind of thing. You know, from coach to coach, man, it's always good having you on. All right, and, and thank you all so much for having me on, man. This was a pleasure. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Coach. I mean, I'm not a coach like you all, but it was a pleasure to meet you and have you on. We'll have you back sometime <laughs> soon. Look forward to it. All right, Coach. Thank you. All right, guys. Y'all have a good one. You too. All right, so, Cam, we have Coach Ron Mackey. This was great. I mean, we can I can talk ball all day. I mean, you, you see what we have here, and we haven't even touched the field yet, so I can't wait to see what this team is going to be doing. Uh, make, let us know what you think on Twitter. You know, what do you think this offense is going to look like? Does it look like the Auburn 2013 version? Does it look like the 2019 SMU version? Is it a mismatch? What do you? Who do you want this offense to feature? Does it feature Mark Pope? Does it feature uh, – D. Wiggins, does the tight end get a little bit of love in all of this? What do you think? Let us know on Twitter. You can find us uh, on Twitter at Locked On Canes. Give Cam all the smoke because he likes to talk ball too. You can find him on Twitter at Underwood Sports. And you can find myself on Twitter at Fred Purdue CFB. I'm always down to talk a little ball, talk a little air raid, talk a little Canes. We're, we're coming down the, the stretch of recruiting season. We're getting really, really close. This time I'm taking that day off, Cam. I'm ta- definitely taking that day off. I just requested that from the Secret New Day job uh, as well, so I will be doing what I do. Uh, it might be a, a easier day for me, though, because, you know, we've already signed yeah, 18 guys. You get to sit back and watch have, the rest of the country honestly, sweat sit about back it. and watch everybody else and then hopefully maybe add a guy or two mm-hmm. along the way. Surprise, um, yeah. I mean, that'd be nice, but, I mean, even if it's not a surprise, but it just ends up being, you know, any of these guys that we're going after, you know, we have lobbed a couple uh, offers to some cornerbacks, you know, maybe even a couple offensive mm-hmm. linemen. So you get one, maybe three of those that takes you up to 20 total or 21 signees, you know, things like that. Um, but we'll see. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. But, yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot, a long way to go. We'll see. Definitely. Before we get out of here, because and I know this is a bonus section, so we'll kind of we'll we'll give you a bonus, just a quick bonus, Cam. Not nothing real long, but by the time we talk to you guys again, there's this whole national championship thing. LSU and Clemson, they both run the versions of this whole air raid. They have air raid concepts. Let's break it down real quick. Do you have a – do we have – at least give me a winner, Cam. Who do you have as a winner in this thing? I know we don't have a, a dog in this fight, but what do you think? Louisiana State University. Ooh, without hesitation. Um, I I watched them the first, like, three weeks of the year, and ever since then I've been convinced. I just think that they are finally doing doing things the right way. You know, they finally upgraded and updated took the long offense. Enough. I mean, it took them long enough. But then Coach O even said, he said, you know, you know his, his voice, but we're going to do some things differently. We're going to get our guys in space. Um, you bring in uh, a South Floridian, Joe Brady, who went to Pembroke Pines uh, Flanagan High School, which is like 
it used to be just a, a black hole for football. It was one of the worst programs around um, until things changed. Anyway, uh, but he went there, and then he worked for the Saints, and he comes in, and he's their passing game coordinator, and you saw what their offense did. Uh, they got guys. They got dudes. They got Derek Stingley in the secondary. They got uh, – what's his name? The safety. Uh, Delpit, who's a beast. Um, you know, their running Vincent back is not necessarily the and, – And Fulton, too, at corner. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, and they're – their running back isn't the greatest, but he gets the job done. Yeah. He's the offensive version of uh, Trent Harris, who was at Miami for years. You know, even if you think back to the game where we played them last year in 2018, like, he wasn't spectacular, but you look up and he had 16 carries for 122 yards. Like, what? Like, I mean, he's that kind of a dude. Um, but, yeah, everywhere you look, they got guys, and they're hungry, and they're – they're getting buckets. They're mossing, dude. They're jumping over guys and talking shit. Like, I mean, just like in the end zone, like, yo, you can't guard me. You know what I mean? Like, they have and, – and the, the hype video, if you have not seen it, the LSU football put up on Twitter is one of the best hype videos that I've seen ever. I mean, it was – I'm all in. I'm, and I know that that's Clemson's motto, but I'm all in on LSU, national champions. Just a quick stat about that, that LSU team. First team in college football history, right? This whole th- We've been celebrating 150 years of college football history. Yep. Well, this one's, this one's the first time ever, right? Only team to ever finish a, a f- going to a national championship with a 5,000-yard passer, Two one thousand yard receivers and one one thousand yard running back. Just saying, that's production. Damn, that's production. Yeah, that's that's production. exactly. And it's not just the offense. Oh their no, defense. Will their defense after. is good. Their defense is legit. I. I mean, they're they're scoring forty nine a game and giving up twenty one. So, ba- if you're back at recess in elementary school, they're winning every game seven to three. Mm-hmm. If you're just counting touchdowns, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's different. It's I, different. I'll even go as far as with this one. I mean, this LSU team, and, and I'll I'll just kind of let the cat out out of the bag. I'm I'm going with LSU too. Um, schedule, they've been tested. Not they've been tested multiple times. Alabama, Texas, even though they said they were back and they weren't, they were a fraud. Um, Sam Ellinger lied to me. I but, take that type. but early season Texas was. But early season Texas, yeah, yeah. When they were at full strength, when and talking all that, it was a huge game. They got up for it. It was you know a closer. It was one of the closest games they played uh, LSU that is all year. But like that was a test, and I get that the season didn't end up being all that for Texas. But no, that's a test. They're still right Texas, there. and they still have guys on scholarship. I just feel Sam Ellinger lied to me, and I don't like being oh, lied yeah. to. No, he he, he and he's gonna lie to us again because he's coming back. Anyway, that's not the point. Um, oh my God, is he? Yeah, he's coming back. He's coming back for his senior year. Yeah. Wow. Um, but you know, then they knocked off Georgia, made Jake Fromm say, "No, I'm going to the league." That's how bad they beat those guys. Turned yeah. around and beat Oklahoma. Yeah. Beat. Beat Alabama. I mean, beat Auburn, Mississippi State. Speaking of Auburn, all in. Speaking of Auburn, the last time this team trailed was in the third quarter, down thirteen ten against that Auburn team. They haven't trailed since. So, by the way, on top of all of that, Joe Burrow has a chance to go in if he throws for if he throws at least four touchdowns, he'll be fifth all time single season uh, passing touchdowns. And if he throws for – I don't think he'll do it, but 
Uh, if he throws for 600 yards, uh, he I think he's if that's I think that's if I remember correctly that's the stat. Uh, he's only about 600 yards short of being the fifth all time in passing yardage in a season. So the Auburn game was twenty three to twenty, and it was—I mean—that was, game was close. It was a, they mucked yeah. Auburn mucked it up. That's really but that's what you got to do. You have, but on the other side, I mean, you have Trevor Lawrence who hasn't lost a game. He's—I mean, those guys are on a twenty nine and zero win streak. They haven't lost a game. Thank you for number twenty nine, by the way, getting them acorns about the paint. <laughs> Woo! Yes, I knew sir. That was coming. And on, Absolutely, doing the Lord's work. Thank you. And see, what's also crazy about Clemson is everyone thought that their defense would take a huge step back, but they really haven't. I mean, granted, they played a lesser schedule, and the, all those things come into it. But nonetheless, I mean, Isaiah Simmons is a monster. He, I, I have a good feeling they're going to be spy. He's going to be the guy spying one Joe Burrow, who's going to who can take off a little bit. He's he's a better athlete than you think. I mean, he will. He'll do everything he has to do. But that offense, I mean, those receivers, those Clemson receivers are banged up. I mean, T. Higgins took a bit a nice bump uh, against against Ohio State. Uh, Mari Rogers also t- uh, he's not completely healthy. Justin Ford he isn't the guy I thought he'd be this year after dominating a national championship game and he could do it. And my personal pick for the Justin high- Ross. I'm sorry, Justin Ross. Sorry, sorry. Um, I, I think I just called another Clemson uh, receiver from yesteryear. Um, sorry, Justin Ross uh, and Travis Etienne, who was my pick for the Heisman this year. He, I mean, he didn't have a bad year. I mean, he had what 1,200 yards and. I mean, most running backs don't do that. And he quietly had 12, 1,300 yards. So it's not like Clemson. Those guys are on scholarship, and I think that's the thing. We're talking LSU, LSU, LSU. There's got to be a little motivation for the defending champions because we forget they're the defending champions. Don't nobody forget that. I mean, they've won, they're that. going for three. The, they're going for the, the, the one thing that is just – it's unattainable – at this point, I mean, think about the last time a team won three out of the last four national championships. I mean, right. they're 69 and oh, by the way, in the last stat of this whole thing, Clemson's 69 and two since nice. dating back to uh, 2015, which those two losses are to Alabama in the playoffs. Just putting it out there. I mean, there. I, I, I'm a stats nerd, and those type of things don't have any bearing on anything. But when you see the numbers that these teams are putting up and the records they're going to be breaking, you're watching the number one overall pick coming up in April, or actually May now, and probably the number one overall pick next year at court at the controls. Enjoy the fireworks, folks. You. I mean, this isn't a Clemson podcast. This isn't an LSU podcast. But I mean, Miami. Can we get to this level? Manny Diaz, can I get to the? Can my team get to this level? Can we? Can we do that? Just saying. All I'll say is this: if we're not taking strides, plural, along the path towards this, not even getting there yet, but if we're not taking strides, plural, in that direction, we're going to be talking about more than just a new offensive coordinator come this time next year. Ooh. Hmm. We definitely will see. We'll have plenty of things to talk. We'll have a lot to talk about. This is this threw a whole big monkey wrench into what we were probably going to talk about uh, going into the offseason because many of us thought we were getting a Dan Eno show round two and a lot of infighting. I was kind of hoping for some drama, but hey, um, 
this is I'll take I'll take optimism now. I'll take glass half full approach going into the spring. I'm looking forward to it. We have great athletes, and we'll be all over this thing again. Make sure you go follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Canes. Go follow Cam on Twitter at uh, Underwood Sports, and you can follow myself on Twitter at Fred Purdue CFB. Make sure you also uh, go give Coach Ron Mackey a shout out on Twitter and, and go check out his YouTube channel. We'll definitely have him back on to kind of break down this thing. Uh, as far as this offense is concerned. So uh, until you, until next week, folks, go Canes.